Hello, and welcome to another Nine Circles audio thing. As always, I'm your host, Buke, and I am here with drummer of British Prague, whatever, stoner, whatever else fringes that these guys hit on, and I love them, of the band Boss Keloid, Steve Aaron. Steve, how's everything going today, brother? Great. Thank you very much for having me, man. It's a it, pleasure to speak to you. It is a pleasure to speak to you, sir. We are speaking on, actually, the eve, tomorrow, Family of the Smiling Thrush comes out on Ripple Music. I, I, I don't talk to a lot of artists right before their releases come out. I just did one a couple weeks ago. So I'm going to ask you this. I hate to ask the same questions twice, but how are you feeling on the eve of your release here? You guys, are you excited? Are you nervous? Are you starting to go online, read album re- reviews, or you're not doing anything? It's just a normal Thursday for you here. <laughs> well, a bit of all of the above, to be honest, man. Really? Yeah, yeah there's, always a, there's always a bit of relief, a bit of a feeling like the weight's lifted off your shoulders at that point, you know. It's all released into the world, and it's everybody else's now. It's not just ours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But then, yeah, we're getting uh, we're getting some quite positive feedback so far. We've uh, we've had uh, some people say some really kind words about it, you know. So it's uh, blown us away a bit again, I, to be honest. I, I I I tell you, when I when I found you guys, it was on your 2018 Melted on the Inch uh, hmm. album, and it forced me to go back through your guys' earlier catalog. And that's okay. And what an evolution you guys have to where we're at now talking on, you know, the family of the smi- the smiling thrush. So let's let's talk a little bit about this evolution. What what brought you guys from the that earlier stoner sound that you guys had almost now to where you're at now? And you know, and it's something about us as metalheads or just maybe a fan of music. We we have to put everything in genres. It's yeah. yeah. It is if you were to describe the band right now, how would you describe what your guy's sound is? Always the hardest question. You know? Yeah, it, because, you know, I would say this, like I am, I'm a huge fan of like chemists and American doom band here. You guys have chemist elements. There's an American rock band here. You got called clutch. You guys have heavy clutch elements with you guys. Yeah. That's it. It's um, I, I, I'm the same, really. I, I don't. I've never been a fan of genres. Yeah, um, I, I, neither am I. You guys. That's what I, I like about you guys, because you guys, you just have a cool sound. It's thank you, man. <laughs> that's nice you say. But yeah, I suppose it's. Uh, I mean, to answer that previous question as well, like um, about the evolution of the sound. I think that's just. It's never been a conscious thing. It's never been a, 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 an effort before we've started writing anything. Think this is where we're going to go with it. Yeah. It just happens that way. Um, and I think really, having thought about it now, since we've been asked about that. Oh, um, there I go. I told you before I hit the record button. I wasn't going to ask you what what's asked. Ah, there I go. Don't again. you worry, man. I'll talk them <laughs> up. I've, I'm taking notes here. Yeah, take a note. Yeah, <laughs> one. There you go. Um. No, but don't worry. It's it's a fair question because it's uh it's, it is pretty weird how the disparity between this album and the first one, or this album and the EP, you know. Um, but I think it's just come from the lineup getting stronger over the years and us just getting tighter as musicians and the writing process <coughs> being far more collaborative now. Uh, as it's got more collaborative, collaborative, Jesus Christ. As it's become more collaborative <laughs> and more people have got involved um, throughout the writing process, and it's become more organic in that way, you know? Uh-huh. Um, it's just changed into what it is now naturally, really. 
Now, with with the lineup changes, when when you guys started in in 2010, for for give me for not knowing exactly here, were were you in from from day one? No, I joined in 2011. Okay, okay. Um, so at first it was Paulie, the guitarist now Paul Swarbrick, yeah, and a guy called Paul Thomason, who's a good childhood friend of his, and um, they both played guitar, and uh, Paul's son Chris. Thomason uh, was on drums. Uh, he was 16 at the time. But he was 16 when they recorded Angular Beef Less than the first EP. Which, so which, which is a cool bit. I love the album titles. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, he uh, left to go to university and basically the okay. year after. And uh, I joined Bastard, that, that, that turncoat, trying to get smart. Damn it. I know, yeah. I'm a loser, quitter. <laughs> See <laughs> but, me, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a guy who drank and partied and failed out of school, so... Get that loser <laughs> out of here. He's a, he's still an incredible drummer, though. Yeah. He's, he's worth checking out. He's in a band now called uh, Rival Bones, like a duo. Okay. They're worth checking out, yeah. But, um, yeah, from that point on, it's just been uh, me, Alex, Swab, and then uh, Liam did the first album with us and has come back for this latest album. We've had cool. a couple of different bass players in between. So finding these group of guys, I... I I want to get into a little bit of background about you here. Where where were were you born and raised? I was born in a town called Billinge, which is close to Wigan, um, okay. and I grew up in a town called Holland, which okay. is uh, that's up in Holland. <laughs> you, it's one word. You guys, ha- you know, here in, here stateside, we have, you know, obviously I can go on for the greats of all time, but. I was having a conversation with my mother the other day about like the great musical artists of all time from your home country. Were were you introduced at an early age to the amazing music your country had? Like what what was your introduction to music? It's hard. Well, I don't think I had an introduction per se because uh, my dad is a huge music fan. Okay. Um, Always had a huge collection in the house. Um, and instead of watching TV as a kid, we always just had an album on. Um, so album after album, we just have music on in the, in the house. And if if I like the sound of something, I'd yeah. just have to go over and who see was, which CD was sticking out. You know? Who was was dad's favorite? Was dad more on like the rock stuff, more like the indie stuff? He never really listened. The only thing he didn't listen to was uh, rap and like modern uh-huh. Electronic stuff, mm-hmm. and then anything heavy. So he, he was really into like balladeers and singer songwriters, you know. Um, mm-hmm. The Beatles. He was a huge fan of the Beatles. James Taylor, obviously he's American, but <laughs> yeah, uh, he's one of my favorites. James Taylor, man. Um, but yeah, but everything, everything, uh, classical stuff, you know, um, so much. But it, it uh, there would always be something new, you know. Um, so I don't ever remember an introduction because it was just always the case. Yeah, it, music it, it, it was it's, it's the same pretty much for me. I just remember my 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 parents, they never really listened to the heavy stuff I did. But I remember spending all the time listening to my mom. But she was like El- Elton John's her favorite artist and, and, and Queen. And it was just sitting there just nonstop listening to music and it, it just got me into it and you know I, I i say almost every interview i do i don't play any instrument i was always more into the athlete athletics growing up you know, i played a lot of um, american football my whole life right. so I, I i never played an instrument i i wish i would have because i am such a huge fan of it but you just know, tell you something honestly man sorry to interrupt no. you there. out of sports and music Right. If somebody grows up playing music and then tries to get into sports in the thirties when they're fat and they've got an old back like mine, it's not going to fucking work, you know. But the opposite is never true. You can be in your seventies and start playing an instrument and still find joy in it because it's just, it's a bottomless pit of exploration. You know what I mean? That's, you never stop learning. Music. That's an interesting point. Yeah, you know, I, I I guess maybe what what stops me from that is. Yeah, I'm a father of a little girl. She'll be seven next next week. I look uh, at her and I can give her, I can give Brianna a, a blank sheet of paper and a box of crowns. And she draws something that 
even me in my caveman skills, I go, I, it's a, <laughs> I say that because I don't think I have a creative bone in my butt. My, my, <laughs> my, my stick figures, Neanderthals drawing on cave walls have bigger, <laughs> have, have better art than I, I, I don't have artistic ability. Everybody does. Everybody <laughs> so, does. Okay, so you you saying that this is a really let's go down this little rabbit hole. When did you pick up an instrument? Was it was it you playing drums at a young age as a kid? Were you a late bloomer as like a late teenager, early twenties? Well, um, I suppose I always gravitated towards that anyway. But all kids tended to in my school, you know, because um, it was. Even for the people that didn't like music, that was just a chance to uh, sit and play with the sound effects buttons on the keyboard for an hour while the teacher chatted away. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I was always, uh, I think I was always drawn to it just because like music was always the entertainment, like I say. And then I started playing cello in primary school, or primary school's up to the age of about uh, 11, 10 or 11 yeah. in this country. Um, I stopped playing that, and then in the beginning of high school, um, I started playing drums because a group of us on my street got together as a band. Yeah. One of us got a bass. A lad across the road from me got a bass. He always wanted to play bass because his brother played guitar. He uh, passed the school exam because he went to this private school. His parents bought him that as, like, congratulations for passing. So yeah, right, right, that's it. We're forming a band. That's all. That's all we can do now. You've got a keyboard, haven't you? Yes. Right. And then it was deciding between me and this one guy who was going to play drums. Do you and, remember uh, what? Do you remember what that first band's name was? Did you guys have some cool kid oh, band well, yeah. name? We did have a, a horrible name, yeah. Um, <laughs> like butter oh, toast I, or something like 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 that, like something bad. <laughs> oh, much much worse. Much, <laughs> And I'm not trying to say face here by not telling you. I genuinely can't remember. But it's, uh, <laughs> you know what will yeah, happen? So. We'll, yeah, we'll walk away from this interview, and then it'll come come to you later. It will definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I'll email okay. you. Yeah. So so then you, you it was just something that, that you got into, and then when when you found the bass, it I means not the bass. Sorry, when you found the drums, or you're like, hey, this is this is me. This is this is what I like. It was just a natural fit for you. Yeah, definitely, man. It's um, I, I play uh, bass as well, and I play a bit of piano. Um, but the drums has always been my thing. Yeah, it's, um, I think because I started playing, uh, so the idea of being a drummer started with that them as kids. Um, so I had the idea of doing it before I actually tried it, and once I tried it and had lessons and like heard a kit you know how, how it responded to me I was, I was just fucking hooked you know and then my poor mum and dad put it up put up with it for so many years because we've not got the space that you guys have got in america our houses are a lot smaller and uh <laughs> we would come home of an evening after school and uh she'd put up with an hour every night maybe two hours with her ear defenders in hoovering up doing the cleaning making the tea you know for years and years and years, just fucking bashing away in my bedroom. <laughs> I owe so, a lot to them. <laughs> so, uh, growing up, did you have a famous drummer or like a well-known drummer? Were you like a Ginger Baker fan? Were you like a John Bonham fan? Or, like, was there a drummer who you like, or like even like even more? Were you like a Phil Collins fan to even get away from like? the metal side or maybe even like uh, a Mick Fleetwood. Did you have somebody who you gravitated towards? You're like, man, I like this guy because I did an interview uh, a couple months okay. back with, within a American band here. Um, and the drummer I interviewed, he, one of his favorite drummer of, and the band is cave of swimmers. It's a two-man project who I absolutely love in the drum. His favorite drummer is actually Ringo Starr, mm. which to me is interesting because Ringo, you know, people probably would tell me I'm crazy and stuff, but Ringo seems simplistic and and boring. I uh, maybe maybe well, you're uh, may, maybe you as a drummer, you could correct me on that. But I, I was I was really taken back that man, Ringo is your favorite drummer. It's when to me, when I see great drummers, 
I I think of like you know like the Neil Pert and stuff like that. So it was, I was really taken back that Ringo was was his favorite. Well, if, I'll put it this way. I mean, are you a fan of the Beatles? I I have listened to them my whole life because of my mom, but I have never. I guess I have never found what the. This is probably going to be a crucify me for this. I have not no, I seen. Know. I have not seen what the the big deal is yet, and I know it's a. <laughs> and see, I I know it's a time and place thing. Well, you know not what I'm saying? Like yeah, like like you look at like when the movie Jurassic Park came out. Yeah. And when, when Jurassic Park first came out in the special effects, you're like, holy shit, this is amazing. Yeah. But then, <laughs> but then like maybe 50, 60 years from now, when technology advances, is Jurassic Park really going to hold up well? It's a, I like the point, man. I do like that. Um, but what about this? Like, with movie effects especially, right? When you think of... Uh, Physical effects versus mm-hmm. graphic effects. Like when you when you watch the, the first Shrek movie now, and how fucking terrible that looks. Like PS One. <laughs> you know. You're right. Yeah. Now I'm as you compare a, as that a, to something which, like which is I'm great. You just mentioned that, and I'll let as a video that. gamer, I can't mm-hmm. go back. And I video games are my number one passion. Yeah. I can't I can't go back to early video game. It's just it it doesn't hold up for me. Well, exactly because I think I think. Them digital representations, they age far more rapidly because technology is involved. If you get me, oh, yeah, if you look, I, I do. if you compare that to like a Jim Henson movie, mm-hmm. you know that's still watchable now and doesn't look awkward. They're all physical effects. Whatever was created was physically there in front of a camera at some point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's size being created by moving perspectives or you know for puppets and shit like that, miniature villages. Like the labyrinths and you know yep. movies like that, they, they don't age because other than Bowie's haircut, you know it doesn't. It still looks fucking cool and relevant. It doesn't look like awkward to watch. And uh, I think the same thing with music, really. When it's um, when it's digitally enhanced like that, it can become aged. But when it's just instruments in front of a a microphone if, if it's like inventive enough and original enough it can seem relevant hundreds of years from now you know what i mean it mm-hmm. certainly does to me anyways it appears that way to me yeah you know, when I, whenever I, I find that when i think about like the bands that i like or the bands yeah. that I, I think feel relevant now you know like taking a, a 90s example even spin doctors i find them to be an incredible band incredibly original great players great songs and uh but they've got a very 90s sound about their production. But they don't sound dated to me, where there's a lot of other 90s music that immediately just sounds old-fashioned. and like, oh, It's uncomfortable to listen mm-hmm. to, you know, because it's just following a cliche and sort of a design of the time as opposed to... Uh, which which I am... Is, this is really... I'm so glad we're, we're, we're going down this path because, like you, I'm sure you're always listening to, to music as a as an artist and just as a fan of music like you've grown up. I, I love Spotify for the world that it opens, the door that it opens. And I was able to go on Spotify and I see you actually have a playlist on here. Mm-hmm. And I was just taken back, like, not like, like in horror. I didn't shudder. Like, <laughs> but I'm taken back by like the artists on your playlist, like Th- Thelonious Monk, Eric Clapton, mm-hmm. Paul McCartney, Steely Dan. Uh, you know, General Giant, Rand, Randy Newman. Like I, so I wanted to. It's it was really, uh, really interesting choices that you're in into. Well, it, that's it. I, I think it's uh, it, it, the eclecticism on there necessarily mm-hmm. is, is. It's not. Uh, it, it just it's just a, a, because of my dad. I think that's yeah. the only thing I can put it down to. You know what I mean? Which I, I've is, just always which been is into weird so much because. Stuff. Because hearing your own personal music, I would have thought you would have had, you would have been drawn to maybe bands in your realm a little bit more. That's well, I'm not really much of a listener of heavy music myself. Really? No, yeah, there's, uh, there's a few heavy bands that I like um, from 
um, sort of a nostalgic point of view, you know, around like, the ages. So. Like Judas Priest, do you are you you a fan? No, no, not necessarily those. I mean, like, um, oh my god, don't your, I mean, your fellow countrymen would burn you at the stake for that. Holy, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's band by nostalgic. I mean, bands that I got into when I was around 15, 16, yeah. and I was because, um, I, I first heard heavy music when I was around at a friend's house, the guy who got the bass. Um, I was around at his house and he he said, this this new band my brother's listening to. I'd never heard a thing heavy, never heard a distorted guitar because, you know, it's, well, I had an odd thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. The odd Toto song, but I'd never heard anything heavy. Yeah. Um, and he, he had this new band my brother's into, you got to hear it. Yeah. We'll wait till he's out and I'll go and rob the album from him. And he brought Master of Puppets in. And the first time I'd heard Damage Incorporated, <laughs> Fucking blew me head off, you know what I mean? So it, I was just like exploring that world yeah. for a good few years there, but yeah. then I just uh, I started exploring other things and Wait, uh, it never. Yeah. Which is 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 really so cool about about talking to you that that uh, this is why I'm interested in talking to you and why I wanted to go down this path is that to me there's something about metal that has excited me. It's the the speed the com- complexity you know the various time signatures and changes and stuff like that that when i listen to a lot of like the artists on your list it, i don't want to use the word boring because that's I, I'm, I'm grasping at straws here to try and find the right word but no, but to it's, me it's absolutely but, cool man. but but to me it it would seem as a a drummer it, it, i I guess to me as a drummer, it would appear that playing something fast, challenging would is would be ex- exciting to you. But so mm. what what is it about like Crowded House or oh, Genesis for you? About what what is, what is it about these bands that you like and, and this is your choice of music? What is it about that that hooks you with the stuff that that that, that you listen to? That crowded house song, just let's take an example. That crowded house song, Into Temptation, yes. I think it is. The way that song falls into the chorus is so odd, but so weirdly beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like it, the way the Finn brothers wrote music is just like it, they've got their own sound just in the way they put chords together and the timing with which they play the chords. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily overly complicated and sort of virtuosic. You know what I mean? It's just. Yeah. In how it surprises me as a listener. That's all. I got. Uh, I, I like I like a surprise in music, but that surprise doesn't necessarily have to mean there's a like incredible blast beat or a double bass drum flurry or like some yeah. shredding solo. That thing could just be one note played perfectly at the right time and be the right note and just make me sit back for a second and fuck, you know. Um, the way that song does that in particular, it. It's uh, when I first heard it, it sort of knocked me back in my seat for a minute. I need to like pay attention to that next time. What happened there, you know? And it's just hooked me ever since for that reason. So, if if you could listen or say, you know, my favorite drummer is who's mm. your favorite? You're like a Carl Carl Palmer fan. Do you, who's who would say it's you're too hard? Too, too, too hard too, a question. Too hard? Yeah, it's yeah. it. Like, but what it's interesting what you said before about. Um, from a drummer's point of view, like, you know, you'd expect mm-hmm. uh, more of a challenge. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and I totally, I do get that. Um, but I've also found that, like, it is far more of a challenge to play some some of those songs as simply as possible and for the song as opposed to for the flashiness of what I'm playing. Um, it's so much harder to play that. Like, I'm a huge fan of Jeff Beccaro. Uh, he'd be in my top five. Um, he was the total drummer, the guy behind the yep. Rosanna beat. Which my my fiance, her her dad, he has been a classically trained pianist his whole mm. life. He has played for decades. He tunes piano by by hearing. He's a, ah, a master. Yeah, he's oh, one yeah. a few. He's a dying breed here in the states. Um, but Toto, his favorite, he will go on and on about them. Loves those guys. Yeah. Loves Just musically them. what they do, you know, it's incredible. Um, but he's, he's not, I'm not just, it's not just for his work in Toto either because he was just a famed session drummer. He played on so many tracks, you know. 
Uh, like that Michael McDonald song, I keep forgetting. That was him. Yeah, he um, was in what the the J- Jack Bruce's band. Mm-hmm. They yep. um, he played um, uh, played on that Bob Skaggs album, Silk Degrees. Yeah, played with Steely Dan for a while. It was, he played yep. some incredible stuff. Man. Every time it was just a flawless performance, and like how he can make simplicity sound better than anybody else is is beyond me. And it's like that's the challenge, really. It's not the uh, the complexity of it, you know. Yeah, he was with Joe Satriani. Yeah, yeah, my God, Michael Schechner, yeah, Pete Townsend, man. So, so yeah, okay. So you, you know, you and, and the rest of the guys here. How how did you, how did you guys navigate through this pandemic? Were were at because I. I would be remiss if I didn't ask about this. Like I've asked in these last couple of interviews I've done here, we are but, we're living in, we're living in a pandemic. It's, you know, unlike anything the world's seen. How, how, awful, man. Oh, how has it been for, for, for you? Well, yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's a horrible thing, but um, in the grand scheme of things, We can't complain, honestly. We've had it easy. Um, Obviously, there was a massive shock at the beginning when everything just shut down overnight. So we couldn't see each other. Um, And I don't think any... I've said this before, but I don't think any of us could have predicted the shock to the system after spending, like, every week for the last 10 years jamming together. (laughs) And then just suddenly you're not seeing each other. It was really weird. Um, But, uh, yeah, as soon as it was, like, safe enough to be able to and we could take enough precautions uh, we just got back to writing again when we could you know when when was uh the when was family the smile the smiling thrush when we when did you guys start this was this something that when you guys could safely get back together you guys did was this was this rep because a lot of bands i talked to they actually had their work wrapped up when the pandemic started or they just needed to do a little finishing touches here or there that they did during the pandemic but right well we um we've been writing it really for the last three years because it's been uh we never stopped writing really even when we're recording stuff um and we had started on this work before we recorded melted on the inch um so we've been going at it since then really just slowly changing things um, and we were originally planning on recording it in June and releasing it earlier than this, but then the pandemic caused us to have to reschedule to December. But I, I honestly think I've said this before. I, I honestly think in the, that six month difference, it became a whole different album. Like it's a, a much better album as well. So, given another six months, <laughs> yeah. From you, you go from seeing the guys all the time. What did you do? to keep your chops up were you still playing at at home were you still mm-hmm. were you still just just you know going yeah, on I, as much as as you could that's uh, yeah i had to um it's weird and crap not being able to play with them but um yeah being able to play on my own on this thing oh <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and uh luckily we've got our own place our own sort of studio um, so when we weren't going up as a group I could just go up myself and let myself in and play on my kit um, so again I, I, I wasn't in any bad position you know I was far luckier than and so many people so yeah. you you guys in the greater Manchester area you know I I have never been to the UK I have always wanted to I mentioned this when I did an interview a couple months back, I am, I'm a huge history buff. Oh yeah, I'm not a big TV watcher, but I have been watching so much Time Team. <laughs> it, is, it is not even funny. <laughs> I, I just want to go over to Britain and just start digging test pits everywhere, and <laughs> and, and, and and see what artifacts I I can pull out. I can I, man, I, I totally get where you're coming from. Though. I really do. 
You ever watched that that, yeah. that show? God, it's Tony I, Robinson on it, isn't it? So, yes, I fucking yeah. love that that show, man. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. God, I love I've that. I've seen the other the other episode. I've seen, uh, and you you do really get drawn into it. You know what I mean? Yes, I, I absolutely <laughs> love it. But where where I was going with this is that here in the states, you know, obviously we're a lot bigger than you you guys are, so. You know, bands can really, if they want to tour, they could do a whole mini tour in one state. Like you could tour Texas and be able to put in, you know, 12 shows and not oh, yeah. leave, not leave the damn state. Yeah, it's ridiculous. When, when you guys want to put on shows around the UK, are you guys, do you guys travel around, around through the country? Like, is it pretty easy to, to put up shows around the UK? Or oh yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, we've, we've actually got a tour booked for November now. Um, okay. But, well, we're fingers crossed, you know, that nothing happens to stop that. But um, all being safe enough, we've got a tour in November. Yeah, it's uh, it's reasonably simple to do. It's just because we're so packed in here, you know, you can you can go from city to city within twenty minutes, and uh, just down the motorway, you know. No, so it's fairly easy to do. How much, you know, I love, again, like I mentioned the history of So how much of your country have, have you been able to see and take in over the, the years? That's the other thing. It's quite often said that, like, there's, there's so much, there's so much beautiful space in England that you just, you'll never see, you know, because there is so much to explore. Um yeah, I'd say I've seen a fair bit of it, but you know, there's still the majority. You I've have a favorite, like when whenever you travel or you have holiday, you got your favorite places you you like to go, or you got a favorite part of the country you like to go. Because everybody here in the states, for the most part, and this is a broad statement, but a lot of people they're going to the coast, they're going to the beach. To me, <laughs> if I never see sand in the beach again in my life, I guess that's why I'm so pale and pasty. It's pretty obvious, <laughs> but. I could I could die a perfectly happy man. Like I could be dead Damn in a month. I could be dead in a month. And my my wish, you know, grant me one wish. If don't take me to the other, I don't, I don't need to see it. Like I'll, I'm much of take take <laughs> take me to the mountains and stuff like that. Like I don't need to see it. Do you have a part in the, your country you you love to go? Your your favorite part? Yeah, I love um, I love the Lake District. Okay, um, that's. Uh, it's just a little part between between the the it's at the very top of England, just underneath the borders of Scotland, um, and it's just a sort of an outdoorsy district. Looks like uh, a miniature Canada, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, leafy and uh, lakes and yeah, but no sand in sight. I'm with you on that. I fucking hate sand. <laughs> yeah, don't see the point of a beach. Neither, yeah, don't. neither do I. You know, now again, now now having a kid. You know, my little girl likes to run and play in it. So that, I guess I'll have to get more into the beach over the coming years. But yeah, I have never understood the point of going to sit on the fucking beach for, for hours. So you you mentioned a tour in no, November. What What's your guys' the grand scheme of things? Hopefully is that, you know, more vaccines will roll out and things will be back to normal. How 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 have they started to tell you guys or have they told you what, what to expect yet well there's been uh, a good few test events um up and down the country um and they're sort of using that to gauge month on month what they can do um i, I presume um but you never know how with that guy you know what i mean he's an absolute asshole isn't he so yeah. I, i'd never trust a word out of his mouth anyway but <laughs> um off topic um <laughs> Yeah, we'll hope that so far it's looking likely that they'll be able to do with at least sort of the proper controls and uh, things in place. They'd uh, be able to go ahead in November. But yeah, it, it, I, it's like everyone, it's hard to make any promises about anything at the moment. Exactly. So. Which, which is, it's, it's weird. I, I was able to get my vaccine a couple months ago here. I'm, I'm thankful for that for my own health reasons. But this weekend, my fiance, after the holiday, we went up to a casino mm. and we actually, for the first time in a year, sat down 
inside a restaurant and ate. Yeah. Holy crap, did that feel weird. Yeah. So to be, to be able to go to an indoor concert again, oh, my God. It's, you know, like, like I told my fiance, I was like, babe, it feels like I'm, like, cheating on you. Like, it feels like I'm doing something, <laughs> like, like, like really weird here, like taking yeah. my mask off and sitting down and eating. So it's really going to be different to, to get the actual concert experience back. Oh, yeah, that's it. I mean, as, as much as you would expect that to be, um, and I'm sure it was, like, also a great thing to be able to sit down and, and eat. Um, yeah, it, 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 it was. It was something that we, you, know, we, you took for, for granted. Yeah, exactly, man. Um, there's a lot of that, isn't there? There's a lot of things that you take for granted, oh. and uh, everyone has. And everyone does. Every, just reset a little does. bit after this, you know. Everyone does. But it's it's like yeah it's gonna it is gonna be really weird, isn't it? Like brushing up against somebody at the bar again to get a beer. Oh. You know, and 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 that's I'm I'm glad you just mentioned that. You know, take take for granted. I I hope that's what I know. I know. Sadly, we a lot of people lost their lives during this pandemic and stuff like that. But what I've experienced professionally and how short I saw how life was professionally, like I dealt with. It every day professionally, but I hope that people over this past year, Steve, I hope that, that that people were able to really take a step back and see what is really important. Yeah, definitely, definitely, man. And I'm 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 sure a lot of people will because it's uh, the feeling seems that deep and inherent to us. You know, what I mean, it's touched on something that's uh, it's below any of our sort of. Uh, worldly interests if you know yeah. what i mean it's something it's something deeply ingrained in us this is touched on i think like the uh, the breaking sort of communication that's essential on a daily basis just to feel normal you know well being stuck know, in sorry go go ahead buddy. i always imagine like, it's how uh prisoners must feel in a certain sense you know hmm. i didn't mention yeah. before by the way my dad was a police officer for like 32 years was he really yeah, yeah, my mum was for a while until she fell down a hole and busted her knees up. You know, you know the the funny thing is that was actually why I was an officer myself. My parents were both officers really? as well, and so it was something for me that I always knew it was my calling in in life. And until I had to retire, you know, with my medical stuff, it was something that I always knew I I wanted to to do. Yeah. It was always always my my calling. Are you um? How do you feel about it now? How do you feel about this? You know, it's I I love helping people. Yeah. Um. You know, with the current state of affairs worldwide and and views on on law enforcement with this, I have said before, uh, with like my friends when they ask me about it, is that. You know, there's there's bad people in in every profession, every walk, oh, course, man, yeah. every 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 walk of life. Um, there is it's very polarizing when um, individuals you know tragically lose their lives. Uh, there's very few jobs. You know, I'm not to knock a janitor or something like that. This is a very easy. If a janitor does something wrong and somebody possibly loses their their life about it, I don't know if it's going to make national headlines. Yes, but well, I mean, I suppose like uh, with that with that concern, the distinction being the amount of powers you've got on the street anyway as a cop. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, I, I'm I'm with you, man. It's, it's I, I sympathize, you know. I sympathize you know, with both sides incredibly. Yeah. You know, you know. See, it's, I'm 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 glad you asked that because it's it's a conversation that we could go on for 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 days and 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 days about. I guess the the simplest response to this, you know, how I I think about things is that in. A half I didn't mean to ask a sensitive no, question. No, here, no, no, I'm no, sorry, you, no, you aren't. I. Hey, brother, I'm an open book. I, I, I ask 
and I can BS, brother. I, yeah. I, I love it. I don't shy away from, from anything. It's, it's just one of those things that in, in a split second, police officers are expected to make a million decisions like, like that. Yeah. Decisions that have repercussions that could follow, that could be life-altering, that could take somebody's life, that could protect somebody's life, that could save somebody's life. And you have split seconds to make this decision. Unfortunately, sometimes people people make make the wrong ones. They do. It's, it's hard, isn't it? Because it, my opinion on it all is, is basically yours. You know, it's... Um, it's very hard to understand either side yep. because in the same way that it's very easy to slate someone like Justin Bieber, for example, just for being appearing a massive tit. <laughs> 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 um, we can't, we can't possibly put ourselves in the shoes of an adolescent with the world at his fingertips, more money than sense and everybody telling him he's a genius. You know what I mean? Um, you can't when when a situation arises where like the impact on somebody's mental health or the just the impact on their mind and the way they work is so extreme that none of us can ever be there or will ever be there. It's impossible for us to make a judgment on that, in my opinion. You know what I mean? And that is not excusing any particular person. That's not yep. excusing yep. exactly uh, any exactly. of the bad. Um because like you said, quite rightly, there are bad everywhere. You know, any segment of society that you take, whether it be police, butchers, dog handlers, yep. wallpapers, salesmen, you know, there's going to be some bad apples in that bunch, obviously. And obviously every step needs to take to wipe that out because it, it, to, to make a decision based on race in this day and age when there's a computer on Mars taking videos, is like it, the disparity is fucking ridiculous. What, you know what I mean? a what a great uh, yes. What uh, what a great great point. But in, in the same sense, I couldn't possibly try to judge anyone, uh, and I feel I, I feel bad for anybody who loses their life that way. And you know, I, and, and and they'll you, never you, get justice. And you know but, what you you say. You know, I respect you for saying it. I'm sorry you and you said you know. I'm sorry for mentioning a touchy subject. And. And I say no. There, there is nothing for me because I think a lot of, you know, as I do the air quotes in this social media age, yeah. the ability to have a discussion with somebody who you agree with or don't agree with, yes, <laughs> is is lost now. Yeah, yeah. Like I have told friends, some of my best friends. Politically, socially, our views on things are polar opposites. But I love these guys still like they're my brothers because I know and I'm able to have a discussion with them and I'm able to hear them. But there are so many people that if if they hear that you're pro this or you're against this, you're you're dead to them and there is no discussion that people can can have nowadays because people are so emotionally charged yeah man. yeah it's uh it is sad it's i mean i'm i i try to be the optimist you know yeah um, <laughs> and 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 um, you know and 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 that's why that's why i i do this and and that's why I told you before I hit the re record button, I don't follow a script because I like to just have a natural conversation with with somebody and 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 see where it it goes. Because I because I know I am not a bigot. You know, I know I'm not a racist. I'm not I'm not any anything. I I, I know that I can I can talk about things and I'm glad to take on other other points too. You know, this is we're not we're uh, this is not like a uh, pol political hot button podcast. But, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, but 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 you know what I'm saying? It's I I uh, appreciate the 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 question. It's just somebody in this day and age. You know, people always ask me. They're like, 
Matt, would would you be happy with your daughter being an officer right now? And you know, I will say this as somebody who was that for 15 years before I had to retire, I love helping people. I have been with people in their their moments of their final breath that they've passed in my arms. And I've 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 tried to help people, and it's it's scarred me for life on so many levels with PTSD and 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 stuff like that, like people begging not to die in my arms. Yeah, um, Jesus. I mean, but, you know, that's a. I don't want to. Um, I don't want to in any way negate what you've just said there, or lessen the impact of what you just said there. But as much as you will have struggled with that. As I can completely understand with the PTSD, and um, I'm sure there were parts of that that have made you grow as a person as well. One hundred million percent. There'll be, there'll be there'll be things that you can do now that no one can do. Yeah, you know? one one hundred million percent. And I am I'm glad you mentioned that because you know, like when we talked about the 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 the, the pandemic earlier, and I you know we talk about we hope this changes people's. We all know people in our lives, and I'm even guilty of it at times. And not to speak for you, but when I give this analogy, maybe you're saying you're guilty. We all know those people in our lives that you could hand them a free gold bar, and they would bitch and moan that it's too heavy to carry. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. They'd be like, oh, my God, right? this is so fucking heavy. I got to lug this. Like, there's people who want to just be negative at everything and 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 at 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 when when i had to be that guy yeah and so have i because when i went through my retirement i went through a divorce at the same time everything in my life was just coming down on, on me at at once and it's like oh my god why why me why me why me and like i try and tell people and why i love doing this podcast and i love just i i love trying to make people's days better so when our listeners listen to this interview i wish to just brighten somebody's day for an hour or so because life is so precious tomorrow is never guaranteed i have seen how precious life is countless times that people don't even realize how how precious it is so we really should cherish the time that we that we we have well so, said, Matt. So to, to circle back what I was saying about my 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 daughter, if 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 Brianna came to me and she said, "Daddy, I I, I want to be a police officer," of course for her safety, I would say, "No, Bree, it's don't don't do it." I just I would maybe steer her away from it because we talk about the bad seeds and and the tragic cases that have happened worldwide with police officers and stuff like this. I never thought I would live in a day and age where to so many people, people lump in the whole field as bad. When to me, police officers, firefighters, military, they were the superheroes to me growing up. Yeah, and I, I and I never thought that it would that the 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 louder voice that I hear now is police are bad. That so maybe I would steer her away from that. But like I always tell her, and I tell everybody, I say you know, good will always pre prevail. A couple of bad seeds don't ruin it for everybody. Uh, you know, I would still go to work every day. I didn't care what was happening with so-and-so because I knew every day I put the uniform on and I went to work. I was doing it. I didn't care race, creed, gender. I didn't care about it. it, None of that mattered to me. I was here to help people, to protect people. And at, at the end of the day, that will always be what the job is about. Right. Yeah. You know? that's, yeah, that's, a, that's it, man. It's um, it's a hard one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it is a hard one. It can totally be understood. Well, I, I was going to say it can be understood. Um, the other side's point of view that that you know, 
the fear of the police or the hatred for the police or whatever. You can sort of, you can understand it, but then I say that, but then on the other on the other hand, I can't understand it because it, I've never been in any minority what, and, shoes. It, you know? And and that's what I I have to realize. And that's yeah, what exactly. I, and that's what I quickly realized when I was a an officer. Yeah, I was I grew up in a small town. You know, I was thankful that if I wanted any video game, I had it. If I, you know, if I wanted any clothes, my my parents would 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 buy it for me. And I was policing some of the hardest housing projects DC had to offer. And for me to ever once say I knew what it was like. Is that where you grew up, by the way? I grew, I grew up I grew up in Maryland. About oh, okay. forty, about forty minutes from DC, but I was a yeah. officer in DC, the capital. I, so yeah, there's a, it's a, it's so an so you know, so out, so it? to to speak about somebody's interactions they may have had with law enforcement growing up, and how they may have been mistreated. I I I I can't speak on that, and I I can't speak to somebody's like that. That's it. You've only got your own experiences, haven't you? As I have mine, you know, yep. they have theirs. It's uh, all, all anybody can try to do in any of these situations is like, it's because it's such a hot potato, you know what I mean? Yep. I don't want to offend anyone with anything. I don't want anything no, to take out of context. And, yeah. But at the same point, I, I'm, I will stand behind anything I say because I don't mean anything by it. I don't mean any offense by anything. Yep. You know? And at the core of it, I'm trying to do what I think anyone should do in a situation like this, which is speak honestly and try to understand the other party you know i'm, I'm trying way. to understand um if anyone can educate me on the matter please drop me an email you know? yeah, and, yeah, and, <laughs> and 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 you know what it's it's fun. i have had i've had people who are you know like things pol- politically it was a very hot political uh election here in the states this past year yeah. With the the President Trump and and uh, President Biden camp campaigns, yeah, you know, if 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 there was somebody on the other side of it that I didn't uh, agree with, I was telling my friends, "Hey, send me, please, educate me." <laughs> but but you know, we live in 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 this day and age where where people with with social media. People don't want to educate themselves. They want their way of educating themselves is, hey, you know what? I read a quick tweet or Mm. I read a Facebook post or I see the headline of a news story. I don't read the news story itself or I don't read a couple of the same news stories on the topic from different outlets. Yeah, no, I get, I get what you're saying. Though. I mean, I think uh, I'd personally say it's less that w- that would be less telling of a person's will to educate themselves, and more telling about just the way in which the information is presented. You know what I mean? Um, it's always, I think, it's always presented in this day and age in the most clickbaity way. You know what I mean? Always, always. And, Especially now that print media is dying out and you're seeing like it's death throes and they just get more and more clickbaity with the stories, more and more sensationalist. and More and more, yep. And it just polarizes more and more because people read their own opinions more and more and every time it's stronger, you know. Um, it's hard. To, so again, it, I'm not trying to avoid what you're saying there. I'm not trying to avoid, the, but um, I think it's very hard to, put blame anywhere in particular yep. or right. to also come up with any real solution to it. You know, you, know, I mean? you, know what, you know what, what I think the real solution <laughs> is, is what we're, we're doing here. Yes. This is, you know, I was having you on as having, having you on as my guest as an interview, but I think what more and more people need to do is again, embrace differences, embrace conversation. If somebody's different than you, believes some something different than you, that's fine. Yeah, exactly. You, it's if 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 
if somebody has a different sexual preference than you, or if somebody has a different political view, then that's fine. That's fine. And you know what? You know how we 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 fix this, or we continue to grow as a society. We we don't shut off different views that even if you don't agree with it, I'm not saying you have to agree, but just be open to how other people are. Just hear yeah, other exactly. people, you know? Exactly. As long as you're not harming anybody, do at, whatever you want. At the end of the day, brother, that is it. <laughs> as long as you are not an asshole, as long as you are not harming anybody, as long as you are not, and I can't believe we're still saying it in 2021, as long as you're not some racist asshole, as long as you're not, <laughs> as long as you are not a a bigot and every other bad type of person you can be, that's all that we we can we can hope for. You know, I understand. Everyone's getting, everyone's trying, aren't they? Everyone's trying to get through life. Everyone's trying. You know, we're all we're all trying to get through. It's 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 you know, it is still it's still sad that we have to see this talk it's still it is still crazy to me whenever i go on reddit or something and i see videos of like you know pieces of shit walking around with nazi flags and stuff it's like we're the year 2021 and there are still scum of the earth like that it's it is i wonder crazy. Man crazy i wonder sometimes i wonder whether like every one of them is uh completely believes what they purport to believe or whether it's uh whether there's at least a proportion of them that are like uh uh sort of contrarians or like you know angry teenager type mentality you know what i mean i just want to shock everybody the max yes like like, like 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 the max shock value that you can have yeah and i don't know whether that's like me logically thinking about it or whether me just hoping that <laughs> not all of them actually yeah. believe that shit you know <laughs> but Mike, but how could you be so misguided like it's weird isn't it like it is just crazy that somebody in this day and age could be so misguided that you hate somebody on on a a different race or a different gender or a different religion like how could well, you just- be if it's based on anything that they can't control themselves if they didn't decide it then what the fuck is what? What say did they have in the first place? What? What? Yeah, you know, it's like blaming somebody for not being able to see. Great point. <laughs> Great point. Oh, what the fuck? What, what would you criticize a guy for being blind? You know what I mean? Great point. I Great. Great point. So, you know, getting back to the music here, you know, we we talk about you know life being precious and stuff like that. It's really interesting that we ended up back here, smiling thrush was dealing with one of your members' uh, fathers passing away, right? It was, yeah. It was. Um, sadly, Paul's dad passed away, yeah. Um, fairly suddenly. Um, he was ill, but it was it was fairly, uh, you know, quick that it happened and uh, sort of hit Paul quite hard. And it was rough. <laughs> yeah, and I, I could hear the, uh, you know, reading some of the notes I've seen on other sites, it... Uh, the song was able to be like an out- outlet for Paul to, uh, you know, share yeah. a lot about his 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 dad. Did did you have a chance to meet Paul's father? Oh yeah, yeah, he was a great guy. Good, good. Yeah, great sense of humor. Always smiling. <laughs> good, well, great, yeah. great. Well, I'm glad that he could be here. So, with with the album coming out here, you know, I I, I don't always like to ask this this the same questions, but this is one of my favorite ones. I have to ask. On Family the Smiling Thrush, do you have a favorite song or something that you think shows where the band is now the best, which is a re- reflection of Boss Keloid now? Good question. I'd say either Smiling Thrush or Flat Controller for me. Good one. Um yeah, I do like Smiling Thrush. I like what we uh, just. Uh, that's, I think I'm most pleased with what we were able to do with that one. Um, I'm pleased with how it turned out, but I've uh, I'm yet to get to the point where I can sit back and listen to it as a listener. If you know what I mean? 
I still listen to it and just pick my own drums apart. And, oh, you should have done that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, from 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 time to time, I ask artists this. I'll be honest. When I do my podcasts and my interviews, yeah, you know, when I send them off to be edited, I I don't go back and listen to them because I'm too ADD to stay on uh, to listen to my stuff for that long. <laughs> but yeah. do you go? But so you 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 do go back and listen to your stuff and pick it apart. If, if ever it's on, I don't purposefully go back. Recently, I've had to listen to quite a bit of it because I'm trying to edit something. Um, but whenever I do, yeah, I can't help but, like, <laughs> just get annoyed with myself, you know. Oh, Christ, you shouldn't have played that like that, Sting. Come on, come on. <laughs> uh. So... Uh, we'll wrap up here. I'll ask you one or two more things. I'll, I'll let you get on my way. I've had, Steve, I've had a, an amazing time talking oh, you to did. you. It's been great, man. Been so, great talking to you. From, uh, so when, when people check out the album tomorrow, they're going to see that this is actually your guys' first re release on a label, correct? No. No, but your first release with Ripple, right? Oh, with Ripple. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. How how did that come about? Uh, well, um, when everything fell apart with Holy Roll Records um, and we had to leave, um, Todd reached out to us because he'd been following us for a while. Um, and he, uh, it was quite an awkward situation. Um, I mean, not as awkward as it was for some people, I suppose. But, um, yeah, we... Uh, Todd reached out basically and just uh, we had a few offers from a few people, which I thank them for if they're listening. Um, but yeah, Todd, it just seemed like the, the right fit for us, you know, and um, he's been very accommodating, made things quite easy, you know. You know, looking here at the website for uh, Ripple, I, I, I look here at a bunch of the bands and stuff. Do you guys? Do you have a circle of like similar bands that, you know, cause you uh, first questions to ask you, it's kind of hard to categorize your guys sound. Do you have similar bands you guys play with often, or is it kind of hard to slot you in with, with other bands when you guys do tour? There's no one really we uh, play with often. Um, there's no sort of one, one band or one set of bands that we play with often. Um, we're touring later this year with Tusker, um, I believe. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're, we're trying to organise something for next year um, for Europe with Ohms. Okay. Um, but I think we're, we're all quite different bands anyway. Um, we've all got our own sound, so... Yeah, I, I don't think there is really one group of bands that we play with or that we're, we're bunched in with now. That is that is is cool. You have you have a uh, out of all the places you've been able to tour and all the uh, shows you've been able to do and festivals and something. You have a uh, a favorite show that you guys have have done to to date? Oh, that's too hard, man. God, yeah, yeah. you put me on the spot. Um... <laughs> I think Arc Tangent probably. There's a festival in England called Arc Tangent that's uh, held in Bristol. Uh, and it's, it's on a farm. The guy basically just closes the farm down and sets the festival up, and it's incredible. It's like uh, the, the fans are sort of genuine music fans, and like unlike any other festival that I've sat that I've seen, um, the fans tend to just move in one block from tent to tent to see band after band. You oh, don't no just get loads of people mingling around. I just pulled it up. My favorite band, Opeth, is going to be playing there this year, Court of Luna. Wow. This year's unfortunately, has been... No, next it's... year. Yeah, next yeah. year. But uh, Am I going to we... see you guys there next year, maybe? Hopefully. Hopefully. We're uh, sorting things out at the moment, but hopefully. Man, if not, place... again, at some point. We've played there twice before, and it's just incredible, man. So, you know, I, I like asking this. Do you like playing? So do you like the large festival over the intimate club thing? Or do you like a small, sweaty club? Oh, man. It's, 
for different reasons. You know what I mean? There's things I hate about clubs that I don't hate about, but and, and vice versa. You know, I um, bet your guys sound in a small little club would be pretty, pretty, pretty cool though. Yeah, man, we, we do yeah. like that. It's it's good having like a floor show and being at the same level as the audience or being surrounded by the audience. That's really cool. Um, I love that. I love being able to make eye contact with people as well, you know. Um, but then at a festival, when you can see a sea of heads just bounce into your bass drum, there's nothing like that either. You know? <laughs> yeah, so both are cool in their own right, man. <laughs> cool. Well... See, it has been a pleasure talking to you, my my friend. Uh, Definitely. The family thrush, family the smiling thrush comes out. By the time people hear this, it will already be out. Look in here at, at Bandcamp right now. Uh, by God, you guys already have a uh, lot of people supporting you guys on on Bandcamp right right now. Um, a lot of great people with great taste. Well, so much, <laughs> so much for me getting the uh, freaking vinyl here that's already sold out on the Bandcamp. So, uh, hey, that's great for you, you guys, though. Drop me an email. Okay, but yeah, the the uh, <laughs> the color, the special color wave here. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'll I'll reach out to you. I I think I got the inside track here. <laughs> see it was it was a pleasure talking to you sir I'll, I'll give you the the final word maybe where people could check you out anything else you you want to say bud uh well just to thank you really um i try and say this a lot recently because uh, we are genuinely incredibly grateful that anybody listens to us um and when people turn up to shows people buy anything people say anything anything you know even a bad review you know, you, you give us a stinking review, but you've taken the time to listen to it at the end of the day, and we appreciate that. And it's never taken for granted. So anyone that has done uh, or is planning to that's listening to this, massive thank you for me and all of the rest of them. And uh, I hope you like it. Really hope you like it. <laughs> I I know they will. The, again, when I found Melted on the Inch, I was blown away. I, I absolutely love the start to that album. That is you guys pick Thank a you. banger to start with. And then <laughs> when 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 this album, the start to this one, just follow, it hooks you again just right from the, the start. There's Thank just you, there's just something about you on drums and then the the bass is just such and then the vocal oh, just such a perfect harmony <laughs> that just that just naturally just gets your head banging. I just I I love it. Riffs, riffs and riffs and riffs. I I I love it. Thank you, man. It's very so, kind of you to say. Thank you. So, Steve, best of luck to you guys again. Please, please, please continue to stay safe. Uh, you guys, you will always have a fan in me and us here at Nine Circles. And for everybody listening again, please go out, buy the album, support these guys, buy some merch or something, because it's, it's pretty slick stuff. Thank, Thank you, you for the time again today, brother. No, anytime, anytime. It's an absolute pleasure.